Jim, James, Tim. What's his name? I wrote it down. Jeff. <laughs> Please welcome Jeffrey Lord. Oh, this is for the Jeffrey this Lord is- show. Lord, really? I thought Jeffrey Lord was kind of like a real guy. How are you supposed to be a strong, thrilling, powerful warrior and lover with a name like this? It is like a weak ejaculation. <laughs> Jeff. The Lord is the gatekeeper of all music in Fort Worth. Oh, Jeffrey. If you don't love the Lord, you're F and F. Like, really, is this the level that you sung to, Lord? So I'm done with Jeffrey Lord. Hey, 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 hey. Welcome to the Funky Town Podcast. I'm your host, Jeffrey Lord. Uh, thank you, thank you, thank you. All right, so have a seat, have a seat. Everybody have a seat. All right. <clears throat> All right. Well, the first thing I want to say um, is... A great big warm happy birthday to one of my best friends, favorite people on the whole planet, Miss Susie Ramon. Her birthday was yesterday, Saturday, October 14th. Um, today when I'm recording it's Sunday, October 15th, and this will probably be out Monday or Tuesday, so you'll be hearing it then. And just if you haven't wished her happy birthday, make sure you reach out to her and say, happy birthday, Susie. So anyways, <clears throat> I just, you know. Want to give a shout out to her right off the top of the show. They went camping down south to see the eclipse, and I wasn't able to go, so I miss seeing her on her birthday. And I just wanted to, you know, say happy birthday. I also missed Friday on the Green, which was on Friday the thirteenth. I'm sure it was really cool. Um, I'm glad it's back, at least for a hot second before winter's here. We don't have it until spring, but um, I'm sure it was really cool. Next week is going to be um, Arts Goggle, so I'm super excited about that. Um, my throat's a little scratchy. I think my, maybe I sound a little bit lower. If I cough, pardon me. <coughs> but anyways, we're going to keep pressing forward. No, next week is Arts Goggle, so the wife's going to have a booth. I think I'm going to be helping her out a lot of the day. Um, I don't know where we're going to be at yet. I heard it's going to be from, I mean, one end all the way down to the other both sides just completely packed full they have more vendors than they've ever had so it's going to be a big time there's lots of bands playing um you can look out there and see there's all kinds of shows all over the place at different bars all up and down the street that night it's going to be quite 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 the event so i hope to see you guys out there if i do if you're around if i see you at the at the tent or if i see you walking around um i'm sure i'll try to give you a pin i've got a a few of i got about 40, 50. I've ordered 50. I don't know how many I've got left. I've got more than 40, I think. So I'm going to try to get rid of them all on that day. So if I'm, you know, if you're there, I hope to see you. So, and then the other last thing as far as business goes, I wanted to do a congratulations to Andrew Turner. A couple weeks ago, the uh, Best Of came out and he was a critic's choice for Best Podcast. I think that's awesome because I think Andrew does a great show every single week, never misses, has all kinds of people on there, great interviews, the dude works hard for it, hustles up sponsors, has events. I mean, he's, you know, really doing something with his uh, with his show, The Fort Worth Roots. So if you haven't checked it out, do. I think most of you have, and, uh, you know, it was well deserved. So congratulations to him. The other podcast that uh, I think one was the Reader's Choice was like, R period, A period, P period podcast, and honestly, I haven't heard it, and I don't know anything about it. Um, I need to check it out, see what's see what's going on. I always think it's cool whenever um, 
there's a new podcast that wins that haven't heard of because I can kind of go and say, oh yeah, it's cool. Um, you know. So, anyways, other than that, got a big show for you tonight. Um, a couple weeks ago when I did the show, I told you I wanted to reach out to Keegan McEnroe and see if he wanted to come on. And he did. And uh, I was going to have him on, I think it was last week, but then he had to do, I don't think he had to, he wanted to do the fair. He had the opportunity to do to play the, the state fair. So um, he was doing that. And um, so we pushed it back to this week. And so I'm real excited here in a few minutes. I'm going to give him a phone call. And uh, we're going to um, see what he he's up to. He's got a a new record that came out a couple weeks ago. I got to go and um, see the release show at the Southside Preservation Hall and like a little church. And it was really neat. And so I'm going to talk to him about that. We're going to talk to him about the actual album, some of the songs on it, where it was recorded, and um, all that good stuff. And so just to give you a little taste, we're going to hear Boom and Bust off Agnes by Keegan McEnroe. Then when we come back, going to talk to the man himself.
Hello. Hey, hey, Pika McEnroe. Hey, how's hey, how's it going? It's going good. How are you doing? Oh, I'm good. I'm just driving back from Turkey, Texas. Oh, really? Yeah, I had a gig there yesterday, and uh, I was planning on leaving pretty early, but I ended up they're they're starting to do a guy named you know Charlie Stout. No. Charlie's a songwriter from West Texas, really great photographer as well. Uh, but he's just recently moved out to Turkey, and he's kind of helping him do some. Uh, oh, he's involved in the, the Hotel Turkey's a cool cool venue there, and they're they're doing a kind of a songwriter series video kind of thing. Huh. And uh, so they ha- they had me stay a little extra and uh, today, and uh, we recorded about four different four different songs, I think it was. Uh, so. So I got a little bit of a late start. And they, they almost taught me in the stay, and I was like, no, I got to have a productive Monday, or I won't have a very productive week, and I, and I really need to have a productive week. So anyway, I'm making my way, but it's kind of nice driving that anyway. Huh. How far away is Turkey? Um, so Turkey is kind of between Lubbock and Amarillo, Okay. Um, but, but a little like uh, if you were to draw a line between the two, it'd be a little east like an hour east of like what would be a maybe a little closer to amarillo than lubbock but you know somewhere in there yeah i kind of remember the name i was i lived out that way when i was a kid in canyon um oh okay yeah yeah that's a similar area there yeah yes i remember that i remember um like happy and um herford yeah yeah Good, good old panhandle yeah, um, yeah. I've noticed like a lot of these little um, Texas towns are, are becoming like music friendly. Like they actually have a label like music friendly Texas towns. And yeah, I, I, I think that's cool. You know, to have an, and so and like a lot of the the guys from around here will travel out. I know Joe Savage goes out and does stuff in you know different small towns. And um, I know there's a few of you guys that'll go out and and do that. I know Stefan's always touring around the little small towns and. Oh yeah, well you know, uh, Turkey, Texas is the home of Bob Wills, so they they have a couple of uh, like Bob Wills days and a few other little events out there in half for a long time anyway. Um, so there's a little bit of a you know a pretty uh, I mean for if you're in the Western Swing that's like the epicenter of you know Bob Wills is like the epicenter I guess. Oh yeah. So but uh, but as far as uh, but as far as it goes, they they started doing. Uh, yeah, just like through the year, a lot of songwriters into this hotel Turkey and really cool, really cool space. And um, I think there's only like 300 and something people in that town, but but people come from all over. Last night, I actually kind of got, I didn't get bumped, but there was a, they had a wedding. They do a bunch of weddings out there as well, the hotel. So I got moved from the uh, the usual spot, which is actually pretty good. Um, you can you can usually you know have a pretty good crowd out there. And, it's not a listening room per se, but they have a little songwriter festival there sometimes. And once a year, they started, I think last year. And, uh, anyway, so last night they had me on the kind of the front porch area. It was pretty slow. Oh yeah. But, uh, there's, yeah, but there's, they had a wedding in the back, which had a big, you know, like a band and all that shit. So, but it was cool. It was, uh, there's some good people out there. And like I said, I got to hang out with Charlie. I hadn't, hadn't really got to hang out with him as much as we, we were up till almost six in the morning last night. Just so, talking, hanging out. Yeah, playing guitar, and uh, he, he's just like I said about a month ago he moved there. So, kind of just talking about his, you know, what he's doing and 
what he's been up to. He just came to me back from, I guess he was in Tucson for a while. So when you move to Turkey, what do you, I mean, like, does he have his, um, like his own income that he makes like online and stuff or does, or, or does he open up like a local yeah, shop in a, the city? That's a good question. You know, he, he does, um, I mean, he has a, he's a great photographer. He has all kinds, but I, I don't know that he makes enough money off of that week to week. Um, I wouldn't think so. Um, but, uh, and then of course he's not, you know, you can't, you can't gig. Like, I mean, I could, you could gig around Fort Worth and never leave Fort Worth and make sure. a pretty, pretty decent living, you know, just playing five to six times a week. And he, if, if, you know, four to five, six times a week, you make good living, but uh, you can't do that in Turkey. You know, there's not, You're not right. that many places. So that's, that's a good question. I don't, I don't know what he, uh, I know he's helping out some with the hotel, um, but I, I don't know what other avenues of income he has going. Yeah, I just wondered if, if people move and they just get like local jobs there, like oh, I'm gonna get a job at the gas station and also do you know do work at the hotel, you know, or if they actually opened up a shop, you know, or right if you have like an online, yeah. you maybe like you know, like my wife's job, she's a corporate travel agent, and um, they've done oh, away okay. they've done away with their office. Nobody works in an office; everything is from home, so she can live yeah wherever all of her teammates live all around the country you know so um yeah which i think is really weird because like i work for, from home too but we but we still have an office in plano that we have to go to every now and again you know but yeah they don't have anything it's like they have it and and my job you have to live with, within an hour from the office in order to you know because they they want you to be able to come in when when needed you know yeah but uh yeah but yeah but her job i mean like if she wanted to you know we could move wherever and she can keep her job because it's she just takes her, her computer with her, so that would be cool, right? To move yeah, to, that makes sense. To move to to a small town, but you're still making like big city money, right? Yeah, exactly. And I'm I'm sure that there's you know a lot of that that has to have, that has to go out on, on out there because there's just not there's just not that much there, you know. Yeah, uh, and, it, and it is starting to become a little bit more of a you know one of these kind of destinations, uh, these destination locations, uh, you know, and uh, so people kind of like go out of their way to go visit. Um, so there is a little bit of a growing tourism there, but, but even still, it's not like, I mean, it, it's pretty sleepy. You, mm -hmm. you're standing on main street and there's just very few cars that roll through, you know, uh, in a given day I was staying at, uh, they, they call it the, the, the Turkey roost. It's this little, little, uh, one room, but, uh, but quite nice, a uh, little Airbnb they have there. And right next to it is the, Bob Wills and the Texas Playboys tour bus. And, um, but you're right there on Main Street. I mean, I was, you know, you hear a car go by every once in a while, but it's, it's a pretty sleepy little town. I see, I like but it. I kind of, I, I kind of dig that kind of stuff. And like you were saying, I mean, there's a lot of these little places and, and I, and I, the same thing happened, you know, when you, when I was over in Europe, a lot of times you find these little, you know, tiny little places where almost nobody goes or nobody really knows about, but when they have an event once a month or, you know, once a week or once every six weeks or whatever it is, um, everybody in the community can go, they all come out, you know, and then it's real, you can kind of grow uh, a little fan base pretty quickly with that, that, with that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and a lot of times, you know, because there's just not much in the way of entertainment, um, you kind of get a lot of, uh, you know, you, you can typically make a lot on merch. You can typically, you know, they'll, they'll pay a little higher cover than maybe people in, you know, places where there's tons to do every night or used to pay in. So you can usually, you know, turn out a decent amount of money um, on those kind of gigs a lot of times, or at least, 
you know, comparative to the size of the city, um, you know, they, they don't, you can, you can make a little cash, um, which is cool, of course. No, and, uh, so, so, yeah, I love, I love those kind of things. Yeah. No, it's always good to be able to make money doing it, but, um, also I think just visiting all the different, I mean, Texas small towns are cool, but I mean, even if you went into New Mexico or Arizona or Louisiana right. or wherever, any of these small little towns that, that are, they're craving entertainment, you know, um, right. It would, it'd be fun to see. And you get to be like, you know, like a kind of little rock star for the night. And, you know, Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Well, and it's just, and it's uh, like you say, get to see a new place and, and yeah, not only are they willing to, you know, um, buy more merchandise maybe and all that stuff, but they're also, as you say, like, uh, because there's not so much to do quite receptive and uh, usually a very, very good audience uh, in, in a lot of those places, you know, attentive and, and interested. There's a little uh, listening room up in uh, Ardmore, Oklahoma, called Marvin's Place. And I played there a couple weeks ago, uh, maybe a month ago now. And it was, you know, super intimate. They don't, you're, you're completely unplugged. And I mean, nobody, it, it's like you can hear if you drop your pick on the floor, you'll hear it. You know I mean? Mm -hmm. It's like, it's just, they're, they're there to listen. They come out of their, you know, they've obviously, it's like a, almost like a house concert really. It's what it felt like, which I love playing house concerts for that very reason. You know, people didn't just stumble into the house. Like they made an effort to be there cause they wanted to hear. And so, you, you know, my favorite kind of thing is when I can kind of, you know, bullshit, and, you know, make little jokes and, you know, give some insights on the song so that when I'm playing the songs, people are kind of more engaged and, you know, just feed off that whole kind of intimate setting and energy. And, uh, you know, so those are, those are kind of my favorite things to play anyway. So I love, I love all that kind of stuff. And a lot of those, a lot of those small towns, you can, you can kind of find those kind of gigs. And that's, those are, those are some of my favorites. It's cool too saying that, that you brought that, um, that atmosphere to your record release show. Yeah, you know, because that's yeah. Cause, I wanted. Go ahead. I was gonna say because that's exactly what it, what it was. I wasn't sure what to expect. I've been there before, but whenever I went, it was a big, a big open room. You know, we had tables on. You know, and um, it was and there was a big stage. And so, when they guided me back to the the little church or whatever, and I was like, oh, and you actually sat in pews, and it was just quiet. Right. It was dark, candles lit, everybody was quiet. You know, um, it, yeah. was, it was it was it was exactly that it was a listening room and you know everybody was just listening to you know every word and, and i got there when um when the opener was was playing i can't i can't remember the names i know it was katie robertson uh, um katie robertson and jackie darlene and reagan james yeah you know and yeah it that was cool too because it was it was a mix you know each one would play and then the other two would kind of stand there and watch you know and everybody would, would sit there and watch and listen you know, and then it would, and then the next one would play to be a completely different style, you know, and a completely right, different yeah, they're, they're, yeah, yeah, yeah. Know. They all have their own unique, and also I think their voices are quite unique to them as well. You know, they have their unique voice and their styles, and I, I was, I was super happy with uh, with how that turned out with the, with the ladies there. They did they did such a good job, I thought, kind of setting the setting the scene and, and giving us some some good strong uh, you know energy to to get going, and uh, it. It, it made me laugh too when I was watching it because at one point, um, so which one has the um, has the daughter? 
Jackie. Okay, so yeah, so Jackie was talking yeah. about she was um, she she was gonna sing a song about a breakup, you know, and yeah. Um, yeah. In, in kind of the aftermath or whatever. And kind of the chorus of the song is is I want to be alone, you know, and she's singing this I want to be alone, I want to be alone over and over again. And her daughter runs up on stage and is like dancing around her as she's singing, <laughs> you know, I want to be alone. And I was like, I know she's not singing about being a mom, but this is a very mom right. thing, you know, happening here. Right. You know, it was just. <laughs> yeah. It was just really cool, yeah. though. You know, it was cool that. So you had your dog there. Was that your dog? Yep, that's Delia Skunk. Yeah. yeah, and it was cool. You just laid down on the floor and just kind of was just chilling while you played. You know, and it it was my intention to. Uh, I have a, a very good friend who lives two blocks from me in Fairmount, and um, the last several years when I traveled Europe, and uh, and then any time around, he 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 takes Delia Skunk for me. Uh, He's got two dogs and my dog and one of his dogs are like really gross with each other, but they love each other a lot. (laughs) And, uh, they're all, they're all buddies. And and so she's got, and then he's dating a a girl with, uh, uh, four daughters, but three of them live there with them. And and so she's got like tons of just love and, uh, around her when, when I'm not with her, you know, so that's really nice. And I was planning on taking her there early in the day and because I had so much going on, but man, I, I don't know if, uh, the, the day before, um, the gig, we were all going to meet up in the church to basically load in sound check. Cause they hadn't done a full band in that church. They hadn't done a full band in the chapel. And so we were going to sound check and my, the guy that played drums on the album, um, Forrest Massey, uh, who years ago used to play in a band called Rabbit's Got the Gun, if you remember them from around Fort Worth a while back. But anyway, he's been living in L.A. for a while now. And uh, But he were, he went out to Terlingua with us and was the drummer on the album. And so he was supposed to fly in for the gig and just was in, like, travel hell. Um, was supposed to be in at, like, 11 a.m. Then he was supposed to be in at, like, 4 and I was at the airport at, like, 4. And then, like, an hour later, he messaged me. He's still at the airport at LAX. And they may have this you know, uh, layover for six hours in Vegas. And, he, and it just started looking. And I was like, well, what all are you coming in for? Because I thought he had other gigs. And he was, he was just coming in for that. And he was flying. He was supposed to fly back on Saturday. And there was strikes with Spirit Airlines or something was going on anyway. It was just creating havoc. And I was like, man, we, we tried. You know, like, it's it's obviously this is going to be really tough. And even if you get here in the middle of the night tonight, you know, like, then you're going to have to turn around and do it all again in a day. And then what, so I, I, I'll, I'll figure out a replacement. But I had to find a replacement drummer, you know. Uh, we didn't, we weren't able to rehearse with a drummer that night, and it so happened that Matt uh, Matthew, who is the director of the hall, um, you know, we ended up sitting in with drums on us. But he didn't even get the set list till the morning of the show. And just, anyway, there was just so much that was going on around that as well, and just trying to like put out little fires and make sure all the little things that we wanted to make to have happen to make it special happened. And, and I was just like, you know, getting back to the dog, you know, I was like, no, I need, every time I look at Delia Skunk, I, I feel better. You know, it's just mm-hmm. like, it's like the perfect, it's like my little therapy dog. And, uh, and I thought, no, I just, she, she's keeping me calm. She's keeping me like, you know, level, helping me just kind of like smile here and there about like all the stuff that, you know, hello, Murphy. Okay, Murphy. Yes. Good to see you again. Um, you know, that kind of stuff. And I had the same thing happen when I recorded the album. Uh, with just one thing and another came up. And so I was just like, okay, this was, this makes sense that, you know, like trying to wrap up this album, it would just like, there would be things. And, and, uh, but anyway, Delia was great to, to kind of like 
keep me keep me on the up and up and uh not not getting too low and not getting too spastic or whatever yeah but uh but it all but it all came together you know and then a lot of people really like uh like my mom brought some candles and then uh katie robertson's boyfriend clark he brought some candles and then he he helped out with the projector to do the special you know pre uh sneak preview of a uh, stoned and brokenhearted music video and uh and then of course lou was there with the tamales and Sarah was there to help with the merch table. And I mean, everybody just like, and then the hall was so great, like anything and everything we need, you know, like, okay, how can we help you now? So we had a great team that was really, uh, you know, came together to help make it all go. But, uh, but you know, anytime you put on an event, especially like that, where you're kind of building, it's not just like a venue where that, you know, it's, you kind of have to build the whole thing and, and trying to make it a special, uh, you know, setting and, and and have it all kind of come together where it doesn't look like it's there's a lot of effort it's kind of you know but it, but of course there is oh yeah um, but that it, but that it seems like a, just a you know like it just naturally fell out of all of us into the you know that's that's what you want to have it happen where it's pretty seamless once it all goes off and and so I was I was super I was super happy as I was going through it um, and excited to do it but man when it was over it was like okay that's <laughs> thank goodness a big. Yeah. A big weight off just the whole the release process, which starts basically the minute you decide to make the record. You know, you start kind of like, okay, now I have things to do and stress about, and mm-hmm. not necessarily stress about, but you know, just sure. you have jobs, there's right. things to do, you know. And uh, so that was a process that was like, you know, basically from May of 2022 until September 29th, you know, that was kind of. I was all it was all kind of building to that release party and, and uh, obviously the release of the album the week before. And, um, so I, I feel I've been walking around feeling like, you know, I have about 50 pounds off me or something. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it's been it's been nice. I still have tons to do. But but that, you know, you want to do uh, for me, it's like there's so many things you can't you can't affect, you know, of your own. You can't ensure that something's going to be a success and you can't ensure that you know people are going to show up and you can't ensure that people are going to enjoy what you do but you can do the best you can to create something cool and you know do on your end just to make a to to to, the, to, to put forward a really you know interesting event or whatever and, and then hope that it resonates you know same with the album or with the party or whatever and and so i was on on that end of everything i thought we did a thought we did a really nice job and it came together well and um really loved really loved that venue you know in the beginning i I found out about the south side of reservation hall just beginning of this year i put together a band for the addy awards that did their event there and i'd never even heard of it uh the south side preservation hall Mm -hmm. and man when we played that night i just fell in love with that room and it's like the smell of the the the, i don't know if you went into the the hall side the south side preservation hall if you've been in there but they do the they've done other events there the town's Best was there this last year and um anyway it's just it's such a cool room but i just thought man i, I want to do something here I'll, i want to do the album release here and then we started talking about it and i was like well the south side preservation hall is really cool but we recorded agnes in a church mm-hmm. and this would be just like you know I, I just liked the not only the you know the kind of symmetry there with the release but also um you don't have to have just you know 150 people show up to feel like there's somebody in the room and in the south side preservation hall the hall side of it you know it, it's pretty big space. it is big so yeah yeah so having everybody kind of in the church it, it felt like it was you know there's a good amount of people and it felt like there was 
I mean, it was intimate and nice and, and, and kind of cozy and all the things that you want. And uh, so I, I thought in the end, you know, we had kind of gone back and forth in the beginning a little bit about where we wanted to do it. And uh, and I thought that that was a good thing, too. So, yeah, I was really glad you made it, man. Thank you so much. Oh, no, yeah, no, it was cool. Like I said, I think it was it was a perfect spot. And from the spectator side, it really does it. As soon as you walk in, it's like, oh, OK, so I'm not going to walk in and be like, glad handing people and you know what i mean it's like you kind of walk in right like, you know i mean you can do that out there there's a there's a, a space for that you know but when you walk, right. but when you walk back there and you, and you walk into the church it's like you're walking into church and you're like oh i'm in church yeah it, it did it, right right it did kind of have that uh almost like uh you know there was like a reverence not, not a yeah exactly yeah exactly just my and my my buddy uh who keeps my dog sometimes he was like I just got to thank you so much, man. I, I was able to get pretty drunk in a church. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, that, that was the first. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, well, I guess you're welcome. But, uh, but no, it was, it was a, it was such a cool space to do it. And, uh, and I, I, I agree. There was a, it, you know, kind of by virtue of, of the space itself, it kind of puts you, puts the, put the audience into a particular, you know, state that they're okay. I'm ready to receive, you know, this, entertainment whatever it's going to be uh, and I, and then again having the, the three ladies open up for us was i thought really helped kind of set that mood as well mm-hmm. um you know it was uh i thought they did a great job so yeah i was i was super happy with it it was a good storyteller mood you know yeah exactly now one of the first yeah. things I, I noticed when when i were setting up so i watched um one one of your videos um the it's for the first song off off the album, Old 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 Town, Road, Old Road, Old Road, Old yeah. Road. Um, and in the video, uh, you're in you're in a room and hanging on the wall is this really cool, like resonator. It's you know it's kind of different than most resonators that that you see. And I was like, oh, yeah. that, that that's cool. It's like it, I wonder if that's. I was like, that's probably not his. That was probably just like in the room where they filmed it. And he's like, oh, we got to have this because it looks cool. Oh, good yeah, eye. Yeah. Good then, eye. then I get there, I'm like, oh, this is his. His gu- 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 guitar, I, f- I forgot what you named her. Was it was Roberta or Roberta. Roberta, yeah, okay, Roberta. yeah, yeah. So, so tell me about Roberta. Oh man, uh, Roberta. So, um, in 2004, I was uh, studying in. Uh, I studied for a semester. My first semester, senior year, I was I studied in London. I was going to TCU, but they had a TCU London Center at the time. So all my all my uh, scholarships and grants, et cetera. It was like I was going to TCU in London, in Fort Worth, but I actually was going in London. Awesome. And so, yeah, and I was taking two classes, independent uh, study with philosophers back at TCU, one over Frederick Nietzsche and one over uh, Soren Kierkegaard, a couple of philosophers. And uh, and then I was taking three classes there. So I had a 15-hour like schedule uh, workload. But I was only in class like two days, so I would travel all over, and I just, you know, it was a great time. Well, anyway, one of the days, so the, so when we moved in to the student housing, which was in uh, Chelsea on the King's Road in London, um, there were all these Italians on the ninth floor, which is where I was. And um, at night, all the Italian women would go into these kitchens. You know, they had like several kitchens on a floor, mm-hmm. and they would just roll cigarettes and smoke and gossip. And so, of course, that's where I was as well. Sure. So, really, I, you know, I, I basically started smoking uh, 
because I just wanted to be, be hanging out with the Italian women. Uh, you know, and then, I mean, I, there was other people in there as well, but it was a lot of Italian men and women and, uh, mostly women in the, you know, gossip in the kitchen talking and uh, just laughing and whatever. And so one of these women was named Roberta and we became really good friends. I met actually some, uh, one of my friends I made there, I'm like his son's godfather. Uh, and he, he's from Naples. I flew into Naples and saw him. I mean, so I had several friends, but there was Roberta and, um, uh, and she was, um, and still is so lovely. And, uh, and I kind of had, I had maybe just a little bit of a crush on Roberta. Okay. And there was a guy from, uh, TCU who, uh, was with me and he knew a little bit about my crush. Uh, his name was Ryan and we had became friends over this trip. We didn't really know each other at TCU before, but, uh, he was there, in the, he was in a major in business or something. But anyway, we were out one day and it started raining on us and we're walking around London and we go into this music shop and, uh, there were these, all these really cool electric resonators on the wall. And I had never seen an electric resonator, uh-uh. um, quite like this. And, and so there was, but it was like a, um, had a lot of mother and pearl all over the body and all over the neck or not the neck, but the headstock. And it was really gaudy. Um, and otherwise kind of looked like a, kind of looked like a Les Paul, um, you know, rounded bottom and like, like, not like, not like mine. But anyway, my family had been wondering what to get me for my, uh, graduation. Cause I was going to be graduating, you know, the following semester and they were trying to figure out what to get me. And so I asked the people there at the shop, I said, Hey, how often do y'all have these, resonators because i picked one up and played it and they sounded really cool and uh, they said well actually the guy that makes it his workshop's right around the corner i said really they said yeah and so i didn't know it but i was just right beside denmark street which is like an l-shaped street in london which is the music street in london where orange amplifiers and all that came from okay um there's all these music shops and anyway there's this frenchman there named philippe dubril I may have butchered his pronunciation there. Um, but uh, I went to his music shop or to his uh, workshop and um, we started talking about it and decided to design a guitar together uh, and for one of these electric resonators. I wasn't really a fan of all this mother of pearl all over the body and, it, you know, all over the everything. And, um, and he had been wanting to do apparently one of these, like, you know, if you notice the bottom of the guitar, um, it kind of fins down like there's a little fishtail on it. It's not like a normal, it's not rounded. Uh-huh. And uh, that was, you know, he wanted to do that with one of these electric resonators. And I think one of the reasons was because he thought it would drop the weight kind of back, kind of hit you back a little bit. That would be uh, kind of a nice way to displace the body weight. Cause it's pretty heavy. And so I was like, okay, cool. You know? And, and, uh, and so when it came time to like design everything, I was, my, my buddy was like, Oh, dude, you ought to name her Roberta, you know, because she, you know, Roberta had this jet black hair. She's really sexy Italian woman. And this guitar was very sexy and, you know, black and all uh-huh. this. I said, like, oh, yeah, that's a great name. So we had, we had him put Roberta and Mother of Pearl Inlay on the neck, you know. And uh, so anyway, then he, he went about making the guitar. And I, I came back uh, when I graduated in May. Me and my cousin went over to Europe because he also graduated tech at the same time. That's uh, spring of 2005. And we went and picked up the guitar. So I've had it since May of 2005. Um, it's almost 20 and, years. Uh, almost 20 years now. Yeah, that Roberta's been with me. And, you know, she's she's a beast. So she, she, she's very heavy. 
And uh, I don't get to take her traveling with me when I go over to Europe, you know, because I usually just take the most practical thing, which is the acoustic. I can do more with that. Uh-huh. But, uh, man, I, I love I, I got to this last album, uh, Agnes, I was able to use Roberta on two, two songs, uh, maybe three, two, two songs. Yeah. Boomer Bust and uh, Man in the Ground. And so that was that was cool. I was glad I got to get her on there. But as it turns out, the fin is a really bad idea. Because while it does offset the weight, you can't set it anywhere. Oh, <laughs> you really? You try, oh, yeah. Well, I mean, you try to set it down, and it's you just, can't. It's, yeah. like, it's, 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 it's got a fin, you know, and it won't fit in most guitar cases. And it, that's why I have a coffin case for it, because it's the only one that'll fit it that I've been able to find. And uh, and also, you right. can't you can, most most music stands, you know, guitar stands. It won't it won't sit on those. You have to have you either prop it up against something, or you have to you know get one of those Hercules. Uh, stand, you know, the stands that it, you, you set it on, but it, it doesn't touch the bottom, doesn't touch the ground. It's kind of holds it by its neck. Um, so it's very impractical uh, in, in some ways on the on the, the body of the guitar. But um, it's one of know, a kind. I can, it's one of a kind, exactly. And the guy, the guy that made it, uh, Philippe, he uh, he'd, he'd made guitars for Prince, for Ben Harper, uh, for the uh, uh, one of the brothers from Oasis. I can't remember. Um, Noel or Gallagher or Noel. Or... Yeah, I can't. I can't remember which of the two it was. Um, but uh, but I mean, he made. I think he made Keith Richards' Skull Ring. Um, but I mean, he was pretty, you know, uh, well tied in. And the guitar that he made for Prince was freaking crazy. It was like uh, it looked like it was made of ivory. I mean, I'm sure it wasn't, but it looked like it was made of ivory, and it was like a naked woman um, with like her legs crossed, uh, like an almost like a lotus position, you know, at the bottom or something. It was it was wild. Um, I didn't see it in person, but he had a you know photograph of it and all that. But uh, anyway, really cool guy. But that's the story of Roberta. Yeah, she was uh, she cool. was hatched in London. In London, yeah. yeah. That's really cool. Yeah, I know. Like I said, it's it's beautiful. You know, and I was so happy whenever I Thank saw it there. I've been because I, I sent my wife a message because we talked about the guitar, and I was like, hey, I was like, that guitar's here. <laughs> She's like, oh, yeah. That's well. That's uh, pretty good eye that you caught that in the video. Yeah, I was hanging because you were singing this just right, right in back of you. And yeah, it is, it is quick. I think I, I might have even paused it to look at it. Um, yeah, like what it, is that? Yeah, because I was yeah. like, I was like, that's a resonator, but that's not like any resonator I've ever seen. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's a it's a cool one, and I don't even do like it's actually got two input jacks. It's got two pickups, and you can the pipe the uh, how do you say it? pipe piezo. Um, it's like in the the, the like an acoustic one in the in the tone and then there's like the humbucker and you can you can input into into them individually and then like run them to two different amps if you wanted to or run yeah. one of them into the house pa i mean it's she's she's uh she's more complicated than i than i usually uh push her to be you know to actually have to perform for me but uh but yeah it's uh it's a cool guitar and yeah. i and i uh it, every time i you know break her out and, and start getting to mess with it a little bit. I'm like, man, I ought to do this more often. I, and my, my hope is, um, to one day, uh, which maybe, maybe it'll be the, so I have the, this album I just released and I have the next one is basically recorded and, and done and I'll release it uh, late this year, early next. And then, uh, the next album I have written and I'm, and then that's going to be called neon John and other misadventures and romance. And then uh, maybe after that one, I'll do the uh, the Roberta album where it's all just filthy, you know, blues resonator stuff. And uh, I think that would be a lot of fun to make just like a 
an EP or an album uh, with where it's just like Roberta focused. Yeah, that would be cool. And, uh, Especially yeah. if you can use like two different inputs, because I mean, you for different right. time, I mean, you could use one input for one song, another input for another song. You could use both right, inputs for right. a different song, and yeah, and of course, all your alternate tunings. Like, do you do like the open, like the open E or the open G when you're like doing your slides and yeah, stuff? Yeah. So on, so on this album, uh, Boomer Bust is an open G, and uh, and then Man in the Ground. Me and Jack Barksdale still wrote that together, and uh, he, we wrote it in E minor. And so I, uh, I, and I think he plays it in standard tuning in E minor, but uh, but I thought it would be I thought it would be cool to to do it in uh, basically I do it in open E minor. Sure, so I, yeah. I just tuned it to open E, and then I just drop that. Uh, what is it? The the third string uh, down a half step from where it would be, and uh, and then that gives you the minor third there. And so I, I just uh, you know so the open G for Boomer Bus, and then open E minor for. Um, man in the ground, yeah, that's cool. Um, yeah, so as long as we're on the guitar, the guitar playing, so I've always uh thought of you as a um, as a songwriter, um, I mean, like lyricist and, and you know, and, and just a songwriter, you um, but really got to watch you play, um, and and it's like you're a good guitarist as well. It's like I didn't realize that, that you were able to because there's like I learned how to play the guitar so I could write songs, you know. And, yeah. And, and it's like now I'm trying to learn how to play the guitar, you know. I mean, I can right. play chords, but I, you know, I want to know how to play the guitar. And it's like watching you. It's like, oh, he knows how to play the guitar and write songs. But it's important to do both. Um, and like I think you do a really good job on your song. Um, okay, I forgot the, the title, but it's the one where the guy is going to the desert to buy the big house. Oh, the talking side unseen blues. Talking unsighted unseen blues. Um, Because one, lyrically, it's a great song. Um, It's a storytelling song in the way that that you sing it, in in a way that that it's put together is is great. But I was thinking, listening to it, I was like, oh, I wonder who's playing like the guitar part on this, not the lead guitar part, but the actual. It's a, this a kind of ragtime yeah. bit going on, you know, the whole time. Right? Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what it is. Yeah, yeah very good. And I'm watching you, and I'm like, ah, Keegan's playing the ragtime bit. Like, that's, you know, <laughs> like I, just, I don't know. That was if you want to impress me, is like do that kind of stuff. And um, and so I was just like so happy, you know, watching you do that. I didn't know that. I thought maybe like the lead guy d- did that, and you were probably just playing some chords or whatever. Um, what? Well, 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 when I started, I, I kind of like similar to you. First of all, I never, I, I, when I started, I never like thought in a million years I'd be doing it as a living. Um, I got a guitar when I was 17 and I just kind of, I'd been writing, you know, uh, a kind of joke. I'd been writing bad poems as a kid and I just turned them into bad songs. You mm-hmm. know, when I, got, when I got a guitar, I just said, oh, I can turn this poem into a song. Right. Um, but I was kind of like you're talking about, like when, when I would even, I had a few lessons early on and it was like, just teach me chords so I can strum these songs, man. I don't want to learn all, I don't need to learn all this other stuff, you know? Mm -hmm. And, and, uh, and I think some people are just kind of naturally inclined musically. Um, I'm naturally inclined towards storytelling. I'm somewhat, uh, towards, you know, melody and things. And I I can kind of think about things that way, but as far as like actually the guitar playing, I, you know, every every advance I have is, you know, there's a lot of work on the, you know, that just not necessarily practice, just playing over and over and over again, practicing some learning new tricks here and there over the years. But, uh, I mean, I hope I get better, you know, over time and I've been playing now 
<laughs> a long time since I was 17. You know, sure. that's, yeah. that's longer than I'd like to admit. So I don't feel like I'm as good as I should be, you know, considering how long I've been playing. But I'm, I've definitely, I've, uh, I've become increasingly more able to do the stuff that I want to do. Um, and hopefully, you know, just keep, keep getting better. But thanks, man. I appreciate it because it's not something that I'm, I, I, I agree. I'm not, I'm not known as a guitar player and I'm certainly not. I mean, I, I can, you know, I can, I can get by on, uh, on my stuff and, and, you know, if I have time to sit and write something cool, but if I'm like sitting in with people and I have to, you know, like improvise something, or if I have to think of like apply my, you know, theory, um, knowledge, like on the fly, it, it's not, it's not going to be super. <laughs> right. So, um, when you're hanging out, um, with a kid like Jack Bart, Jack Spark, Jack Barksdale, um, yeah. does it motivate you to like work harder because he's so good at such a young age or or does it like man or or are you just like why even bother because (laughs) you know if i'm doing this at this age and he's doing that at that age it's like i it's like you know because i mean and it's like he he, he's been doing this now for what seven eight years or whatever i mean he's like 15 and he he started when he was started when he was nine nine okay i knew he was like i mean he was a, a baby really you know yeah started when he was nine and uh and then you know i think that's when I met him around nine or 10. And, you know, this, every time I saw him from the first time I saw him, he not only did he get better each time, he got like exponentially better each time. Mm-hmm. And it, it was clear. Like the first time I saw him, I was like, man, this nine-year-old is almost as good as I am. And then the next time I saw him, I was like, wow, this nine-year-old is better than I am. <laughs> and it's just like, you, you know, you're not going to keep up with Jack. And, uh, so I, I don't even, you don't even try. Yeah, I, don't no, even you wor- can't. I don't even worry about that. You know, he's one of those people that's like, he's like a fish in, in water with music. You know, you, he, he's, he can play harmonica. He can play, I mean, give him an instrument and he'll figure out how to make something cool out of it, you know? And that's just not, that's not my strong suit. Um, and, uh, you know, we all have to kind of pick our battles about like what we're going to stress over and try to, you know, work at. And I try to work at it, but I, I realize that I'm, you know, I mean, he's just so fluid and so effortless in the way, like kind of like Matt Tedder, just so fluid and so smooth and all his changes. It just feels like, you know, they just fell out of his fingers. He didn't have to think about it. He wasn't like, you know, mm-hmm. Oh, if I do this here, I'm going to go to the, it's just like, this is just, he started playing and out this came and, and you, you, it's almost seamless. You know, I, I can't, I can't speak high enough about Jack and, and not only as a musician, I mean, I think he's equally as interesting with the way that he uses his voice um, and, uh, and then his songwriting, you know, two of the songs on the album I wrote with him and it's so s- surreal to write a song with like, I think he was 12 at the time and be like excited when a 12 year old is into a lyric that you came up with. But I was, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. but it was, it was like, I'd say something, Jack, oh, that's cool. And I was like, oh man, Jack thinks it's cool. It must be cool. <laughs> no, that, that is cool. I think that's cool. Yeah. Jack's great. No, I just, you know, I've been watching him on like Facebook and Instagram and just whatever. Like he'll, he'll post videos of him playing different uh, guitars, whether it's like a resonator or, you know, an electric guitar or, you know, some really fancy old school Martin or whatever. And it's just like, and, he's right. just, and I'm just like, God, and it's like, if, if I even was able to play some of the guitars that he's able to p- pick up, I wouldn't even know what to do with it. It's I'm glad that he knows, you know. That's what I mean. It's like, it doesn't matter what you give him. He's gonna get, he's gonna get something musical out of it. Yeah. The first time he the first time he touches it, you know. And I'm I'm like you. I, I that would I would fall into my same like okay. Well, this is what I, 
you know, this is how I do this or that when, when this happens, <laughs> when I, have, you know, I, I know this little progression, this is my thing or whatever. And, and Jack's like, he just picks it up and just starts breathing. Yeah. You know, it really is like just that second nature to him seemingly, you know, and, and from what I can tell work, you know, like riding with him and watching him and, you know, he'll do that. Oh, it's a freestyle Friday or whatever day it is that he'll sometimes just like, you know, just pick up an instrument, just kind of like start doing something. Um, I think sometimes, if you, you know, if you have it, you just have it. If you figured it out, you can just figure it out on anything. You're like, okay, I know how music works in my mind. I can, if I know where the buttons are, I know which buttons to push in what order. Just show me the machine so I can figure out where the buttons are. <laughs> you know, they right. just figure it out. They know the, they know the code or whatever. Yeah, yeah, he's he's tapped in. He's tapped in somehow. His his brain just works that way, and it's such a. It, I mean, I, I you know, both him and Tedder are just such like, I think just exceptionally talented and, you know, sweet guys really nice guys really lovely and also just like supremely talented second nature kind of like and i know they've both been playing a long time and so that's part of it but also most i mean tedder you know i don't know if you know matt very well but he was he was basically jack i mean that he was this you know guitar prodigy kid that was you know playing in blues bars when he was what i think 13 or 12 the first time he yeah you know he's so i mean um that not all kids, even if you put a guitar in their hand early on, are going to be able to, you know, do that kind of thing. Oh yeah, no, there's, special. yeah, there's um, a, a gift or whatever, you know. You want to yeah. call it? You still have to practice, you know. They don't just pick it up and just do it, you know. I mean, they they have to want to do it. And when you're a kid, you have all this extra time, you know. And if you don't want to sit around playing Roblox or whatever it is, um, you know, then you can sit around and just play scales you know right and you have nothing else better to do and so they sit there and just do it and it, it learns so fast and i think their fingers are so limber and their muscle memory everything is their muscles are everything is learning 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 so they're just they're, everything's in that mood that mode or whatever to where you know it seems like it just yeah. comes so fast but you still you can't just get any kid to do that there's there's still some that just like are naturally better at it right yeah well and even finding somebody that has the like as a as a young as a young kid has the kind of like bandwidth to to even put the time in Mm -hmm. you know to become exponentially better even if even if it comes naturally you know he's still he's still spending a good amount of time you know going through the process and playing all the time and you know so kind of hurt your fingertips and absolutely yeah. yeah but uh so no to answer your you know the longest way possible i don't i don't even try to keep up with jack or you know i realize that's a that's his gift <laughs> yeah yeah and he's he also just happens to be crazy gifted as a writer and as a you know um as a well i mean like as we said multi-instrumentalist and right just a lovely and, dude. yeah 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 and uh, only going to get better and better no and i am a fan of Matt Matt Tatter. I didn't know that um, that he was doing it since he was as as, as young. I remember him um, going on The Voice and doing something um, with that. And um, I, and I had, yeah, him on, he, he, I had him on the show recently, and we talked about him going to Nashville and um, you know and doing that do, do, doing that whole thing. And I remember him um, being uh, a rock and roll a guitar player, so bluesy rock guitar player. Um, around town 
you know, but it's like him doing his his country thing right now is my favorite thing. Yeah, it's like I love his album oh, I know. so much. I listen to it all the all the time. I really do. It's like I listen to it all the time, and uh, he plays he plays his, his 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 guitar on Facebook, and he'll just pick random covers and stuff, and he'll sit there and just pick it out on his acoustic guitar. I could watch it all day. I love it. I know, you know? he's so good, man. And yeah, it, he's, he's he is, but it's also it's just it. I love that stuff. I mean, whatever the style is that he, that he's doing, that you know, like I said, ragtime kind of kind of picking, and you know, Merle Travis picking, or whatever it is, or you know, whatever the that the, the type of stuff is. Um, it's just like I love watching him do it. I could watch him do it all day, and that's why I like watching Jack because Jack does the same kind of stuff. You know, yeah, I got a kick out of watching yeah. you do it. It's like I just love anybody who's you know. And there's a different type. Like I was watching um, Jacob Fairplay, and he does finger picking as well, and he and, and, and he's very good at it. But it's not the same kind of. I don't. Like I said I don't know if it's if it's the Travis picking style or if it's the, you know, if it's a, if there's just a swing timing to it or. Or what? But yeah, you know. I, I uh, I think that. Uh, I think Jacob does a little bit of Travis picking stuff, but a lot of his finger picking. Uh, it seems if I, if I remember correctly, a lot of his stuff is, um, is not, uh, like that kind of, you're kind of like in the roots country, you know, uh, kind of a bluesy country kind of thing is, is what it sounds like. And he, he, uh, more you know, he has a uh, more, more folky. He's also gotten into a lot. And I love Jake is one of my favorites. He's also gotten into a lot of, uh, um, like uh irish and uh celtic music and stuff and so that started to work his way into his his stuff which is really which is really cool okay yeah yeah see i mean i recognize some of that stuff you know i'll just be like oh this is cool you know this is different but i may not recognize the influence you know right well his uh i mean i'm we're buddies so we kind of talk a little bit about things and and uh so i i have you know some conversations with him to go on, but also I just watch him online doing a lot of Irish stuff. And then I listen to his, his latest album, which is so good. And, mm-hmm. and I start, and I hear a little bit of these elements, you know, um, that I've been watching him kind of geek out on, uh, over the last, you know, several months and year or whatever. And, uh, yeah, Jacob's, Jacob's another one of my very favorite people around town. He's just such a, such a cool dude. And, um, and such a good songwriter and, and kind of like, uh, uniquely you know he's he's a like you said it's 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 folk but it's i don't know there's something almost more ethereal Uh (laughs) and and some of the stuff that he does it's just he's just he's just really i would say another i mean and and we're obviously fort worth i mean you know that's what your podcast about i mean it's uh you know we're blessed in fort worth with just like so many amazing amazingly talented people um Dude, instrumentalist song songwriters i think, it's, I think it's crazy man i really do it's like yeah. you know it's, it's like i think every town has um their own little music scene some's better than others you know but i think most big cities are gonna have some kind of music scene and i bet they got some pretty good players there you know but, absolutely but it seems like that you know some of the folks that, that we have here it's just it's like i don't understand you know like one of my favorites is denver williams and it's just like i don't get oh yeah how love denver he, how he hasn't 
just how he hasn't become bigger than what he is, you know, because I, there's nobody else like him and he's so good at what he does, you know, right. And he does it so well. And it's just, it's just, you know, and it's not even just him. It's just, you know, it's like, and of course I know Denver and I, I love Denver, but it's, you know, but I mean, I could throw, I could throw your name out there. I could throw Jacob's name out there. You know, I mean, you could throw the cutthroat fences. You could show Sean out there, you know, or all the folks. And I mean, that whole band is just like incredible. I mean, that's an all-star band, right? you know, I mean, you have yeah. Taylor Tatch in, the, in, in there. I mean, Taylor Tatch is, how is he not like a national name? You know, there's just yeah. so many folks here that are super. Oh yeah. Super I love talented. Taylor. He, uh, Taylor engineered the good old fashioned protest record for me. I went down to when he was living at dripping Springs mm-hmm. And uh, so yeah, I love Taylor. He's he's a good dude. That's the thing. It's, it's just there, there's so many. And that's and as, here. And, and and you're bringing said, the, you're bringing like the Dallas folks and stuff. I mean, there's a ton there. Denton, and you started moving out. You know, to the small towns, or you get down to Austin or Dripping Strings. It's just it's crazy. How right, many folks around here. Yeah, when we made that album, uh, the uh, the protest album. You know, basically what we would do is uh, I went in on a. Tuesday at like 10, 10 or 10 30 a.m. And uh, Wednesday night at like 10 30 p.m. I left and we had the album done. And what we would do is I had eight songs and a spoken word poem I wanted to do. And we would get a take together, uh, vocal and guitar. And then we'd listen to it together. And we, and you know, he would say, Well, what about? this or what about that you know or i'd say you know like maybe a drum part here and he would go and he did all the other instrumentation there's not a ton of instrumentation but everything else that there is on that album mm-hmm. uh taylor did i think and also go ahead yeah he also had to get creative with me because i wanted to record it um in uh 432 instead of standard you know which is 440 and um so we had to like on the on the organ part that we did we had to basically speed up my track to 440 record the organ part and then slow the organ part down to three or to 432 so that it would match um wild with what yeah yeah but he was he was awesome and he was just like okay let's get weird let's let's figure out how to make this work you know and, and uh that was that was a fun experience working with him and yeah you're right he's he's a super talented dude and like you said, Fort Worth is chock yeah. full of them. No, no, and so- also the thing about Fort Worth that I think is really uh, unique, not only the level of talent, um, but just how uh, there really is a, a lovely community. Uh, you know, all of these wonderful musicians and they're playing with all of these other lo- lovely musicians around town and all these different projects that whether it be a one-off show or, a, you know, side bands or several, you know, people in, in each in each other's main you know band or whatever mm-hmm. um it's just a i think in that way the scene in fort worth and how the community is and i, I travel you know a bit and i i'm you know i'm not been everywhere but i've been a few places and and i think that's kind of one of the things that to me and obviously being inside, inside of it you see it better but i think even if from the outside if you just come to fort worth and you go and see a couple of shows you'll start seeing the same people same musicians out supporting each other, some of the same musicians in this band and that band and the other band, uh, relatively quickly, you know, it's, it's a very, it's a scene that's very supportive of itself. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and I love that about it. You know, I think that, I think that is one thing that makes it special. And, and of course we have like, you know, here Fort Worth and, uh, and we have, uh, you know, which does such a good job of trying to promote the Fort Worth music scene and people in the scene, 
and it's just to me it's it's um it's just really cool to be able to be a part of it and you know because i was kind of out of the scene for a little bit um i was around some but i was gone a lot and so the last three years the last three years to kind of be back smack dab in the middle of it has been a lot of fun especially as not i wouldn't say an elder statesman by any means i'm still a child basically you know i'm a very young man but i've been but definitely i'm in the middle now <laughs> you know uh you know there's the you know there's the elder statesman and then there's like the mid elders you know I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of falling in that range now where it's like man we've been i i see matt may about all the time you know i love matt mm-hmm. and uh great great drummer in town of course and 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 we went to, he went to tcu as well so we've known each other basically since we were you know in our early 20s and he was playing in stella rose and i was actually his frog camp facilitator frog camp's the thing that tcu used to do i don't know if they still do probably but uh that's how we met and so I'm, we've known each other forever and we still see each other out all the time because we're both single no kids and still in the music scene basically 24 7 you know like yeah. that's what we do and and so we always kind of you know when we meet up we'll have a you know a good laugh about how we're just still around still you know Basically, our lives have looked very similar for 20 years. <laughs> you know, it's still kicking around the scene, but it's such a it's such a cool scene. Yeah. And I actually have an idea that I want to try to. Uh, I'm, I've been kicking around, and I saw Sean's <clears throat> uh, um, the interview or the article they wrote. You know, kind of about the the scene and how you know maybe there's it's certainly since post post COVID. Um, or, you know, after the, the main brunt of it anyway, um, it, it has been with the exception, like in the beginning, it seemed like there was a lot of people that were just like ready to get out all of a sudden it has kind of slowed down as far as like attendance at shows and things like that. And that's one where, you know, one place I think, you know, I'd like, you know, everybody, I think in the, in the music scene would like to see more of like Fort Worth show up, you know, to, mm-hmm. uh, to, to shows and things like that. But I don't think that's I don't think that's singular to Fort Worth. I mean, my experience when I was traveling, I was in Europe earlier this year. I'm going back to Germany, and that was a similar thing that they've you know they're experiencing. Yeah, the big shows you know are getting people, but the the local kind of mid to to, to local uh, acts, it's just attendance is down. And uh, so I, I kind of want to try to maybe uh, do some sort of a, a showcase night, maybe once a quarter or something, where it's like bringing a brand new band. And then like bring in the elder statesman band and then maybe bring in somebody in the middle and kind of just put on a bill of like to try to bridge the gap with all these. Because I don't know what the hell is going on with like the TCU, you know, crowd of of musicians, which is how I know most of the musicians that I know now Uh is from back playing playing at the moon bar, you know, but I have no idea who like the college bands around town are right now. If there is any. And, uh, if there is any, which I'm surely there is. Um, but yeah, exactly. If there is any, I don't know, you know, so like going and seeking out like, you know, some really killer bands that maybe have only been together for a year and, uh, and don't have much traction, like getting them together with like a Guthrie Kennard or a, a Jimmy, Hink- you know, Jimmy Hinkle. It'd um, cool. yeah, it'd, it'd be cool, you know, and kind of bridge that gap and be like, Hey, like y'all are welcome to the scene, you know, and, and, and these guys, you know, so it'd be, it'd be a way to kind of introduce, new new blood into the scene and also introduced the old blood to the to the new blood and i you know and just kind of help the community but that's like i said that's one of the things i love about fort worth is there's a lot of whether you know whether it's always successful or not in, in, in terms of numbers uh there's definitely a lot of people that are trying all the time to really um just help build the scene help kind of feed the scene 
And uh, so I think, I think we're really lucky in Fort Worth that way. See, now me, I've, <clears throat> me, I've always been kind of a, a subculture guy. So, um, and with the local music scene, it's always been kind of subculture in it, itself, you know, whether it's your garage rock right. or your punk rock or whatever. Um, and so I've always liked those crowds. I, I, I really, I don't know the names of the bands now, but there are bands in, in, in town that pull a pretty good crowd, um, bigger than a lot of the local bands that I go and, and see and they're local, but it's a totally different kind of scene. And it's, I mean, I guess it's subculture for what I'm into or whatever, but I don't, but I think it's about, right. I think it's actually more popular. I think it's more social media, TikTok-y, um, pop right. music or whatever. And, and they're pulling good crowd. I'm just not into that crowd. So I don't know that. I don't know, know that scene, but I'm saying, but it, it would be kind of interesting, um, if we could, you know, pull in like some of that kind of scene, I think they may be what like some of the TCU crowds are into, um, right. you know, the kind of mainstream pop stuff. I, I think there's some bands around town that's doing that and doing it pretty well and getting a pretty good crowd. It's just since I'm in the subculture type stuff, or whatever, I don't really know those bands and that's on me. Um, well, but I mean, sort of, but you know, right. It's like it, everything is so saturated with, with, you know, Oh, saturated is not maybe the best word, but okay. So back in the day, right? Like, you know, you had, you, you, we didn't have the internet. Uh, we didn't have, you know, you, you had to go buy a record. You had to go do these things. And, and so there was a limited number of things to know about and things to see. Mm-hmm. And now, um, because all you need to make some good sounding material is some relatively cheap equipment and an engineer that knows what they're doing. Sure. And you can, and you know, you can create a great sounding record, whatever your genre is, whether it be, you know, hip hop, pop, whatever, you know. Um, and so now there's just so much music out there and so many ways to find music. I never know. Like I'm, I hear about bands that go to Tannehills or bands that go to Tulips or bands and they'll mm-hmm. sell out or they'll have, a, and I've never heard of these right, right. bands. Me too. Me too. Yeah. And it's like, but there's just so much out there. We can't. I mean, there's just no way to keep up with all of it. Yeah. You know? Um, and yeah, exactly to your point. It's like, there probably is, you know, so many of these kind of, you know, th- these bands that are somehow or another, um, whether it's through, you know, TikTok or whatever, have developed a, a, a very large following. And, uh, but they completely exist off my radar. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as I, I'm sure, I completely exist off of their radar, right? Um, obviously, and so yeah, and it, and it would be good to, uh, you know, try to bridge some of those gaps and have some, you know, because I mean, as as we were saying, you know, just there's people that, like yourself, you know, you you can enjoy all sorts of different music, but you may only be made aware of certain things because of the circles you run in, right, right, and and vice versa. Um, so yeah, yeah, trying to bring. And I think that's, you know, like I was saying earlier about the here Fort Worth, and the, the monthly meeting they have to, as a mixer, you know, to kind of try to like, oh, yeah, here's, you know, if, if you're in the music scene, come to this thing and network. And, um, or like and have, before. Have you messed around with like um, Amplify 817? Like they have the uh, the website. Yeah. The, the, there's like, all yeah, these, I don't, you know, but go on there. It, 
he'll look at the website and you'll see some people that you know i mean you'll see um i think denver's on there and joe savage is on there and, you know yeah. there's some folks on there but there's like a lot of bands i'm like who's this who's this exactly who's this? right you know? yeah yeah which kudos to them no for, it's great you know act, for digging into the scene and actually you know um, being aware of, of a lot of stuff that i just i have no I, I like you say i had no idea existed i mean even in the americana fest um, when I went um, and here Fort Worth hosted a day there that you know had several different sponsors from town that were involved as well. Um, there were a few bands that I didn't I hadn't heard of at all or hadn't seen, and that was in the Americana, you know, umbrella uh, under the Americana umbrella that you know I'm supposedly <laughs> under Part myself, of, yeah. and yeah. I, I still didn't know. So, but I mean, I think also that's you know it, it's, it's cool to be able to to do a thing like that and have these, you know, even, even within the scene, you may not even recognize it. And, and, and now you're brought together and okay, cool. You know, and for, we're here for, there's another event and there's a whole other bunch of people I've never heard of before. And uh, so I, I love that. I love that. There's a lot of things like this kind of fostering the, the community and, and just kind of reinforcing this, you know, very, I think uh, rich, musical tradition that Fort Worth already has yeah, and kind of helping everybody, you know, bridge some gaps and bring people together. It's, it's pretty cool. Yeah. And that's kind of where, what my, my point was, was that, that we're a big enough city and, uh, yeah. local, and local music is popular enough here to where there's actually a lot of bands that we don't even know that are doing pretty well out there and doing good shows, right. and, you know, all that kind of stuff that, that, that aren't on, on our radar um and it, it's cool right. that, that the city can foster that you know and absolutely and it can foster the kind of scenes that i enjoy the the, the more subculture underground whatever whatever um you know that that's fertile here you know and we yeah. can in those same bands you know that i would say that is like an underground independent scene you know just played friday on the green in front of the whole neighborhood you know hundreds of right of people family friendly and so um it's cool that that you can do that, that you can be in a dingy bar watching, you know, your favorite local band or whatever, but also go take your kids to see them on a big stage in a park. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. The city, uh, the city's done a pretty good job of, um, kind of creating little spaces for that. And, and, and also, you know, I have to say keeping it, keeping a lot of local Fort Worth people involved in what the bigger things of the city. I mean, I just got contacted by the main street arts festival and, I mean, I don't know for sure that I'll be playing it next year, but they reached out to me and wanted to know, you know, like what it would look like to, to have me do it. And, that, and that's such a nice thing. Cause a lot of times, um, I know a lot of places, you know, cities are kind of like, they always are looking outside to like, you know, bring people in. And I think Fort Worth typically does a pretty good job of uh, trying to shine the spotlight, spotlight on their own, their own as well, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's good. Um, I mean, I, I get if you're if you're a city and you don't have a whole lot of local music, then maybe you're going to try to get some bigger acts, you know. But sure. I mean, there's so many good bands here, you know. That, right. They can right. draw a crowd, you know. Why not use your local talent, you know, and showcase it? Absolutely. And again, it well, keeps especially the too. yeah, on. especially an event like the arts fair, where there's going to be a crowd of people out anyway, and so not only are you you know, not only are you bringing in talented local people that can entertain those people, but you're also helping, right? Like spread the word about right. what's happening because you're giving them, you know, one of the bigger city 
platforms to, to perform in, and that and that's really you know that's that's very nice. Yeah, because like you know, let's say that you know somebody in town comes and they stop and and they're watching you play and they've never seen you play before and they're like, oh, I kind of like this guy, you know, who's this? Okay, this Keegan McEnroe and look you up and they follow you on a Facebook and then they, you know, see that you know you're playing next next week right down the street and they go oh i'm right. actually gonna, you know then they'll the more apt to go see you play where if it's like oh i i like this guy i'm gonna follow him on f- f- facebook oh great he's from st louis and he's playing in missouri next week cool right you know right. <laughs> i mean yeah. at least they'll be able to you know see you locally again you know because exactly. maybe they're maybe they're walking through and like oh i, I can't stay and, and watch this whole guy's set because i'm with the family and we're moving on but i want to check him out later and right you know yeah, it's a it's a it's a very nice thing, and, and uh, so I'm, I'm like I said before, you know, I've, I've been traveling a lot for a while. I wasn't I wasn't around so much, and so you know, a lot of in a lot of ways, I'd let my network uh, kind of dwindle a little bit, uh, and uh, so I've been kind of trying to rebuild and and uh, and just having uh, you know kind of being more firmly in Fort Worth has been a lot of fun, and. I'm around now to be asked to do cool stuff like that, you know? Yeah. Um, so it's, it's been pretty cool. Yeah. I think you did it right too. I, I, I wanted to say, um, you're like, Hey, I, I got a new album coming out soon. And you know, here's the first single off of it. And like, I, I listen to Apple music. I don't use Spotify, you know, but, um, so I just saved your album on Apple music. And every time a new single or every time you would release a new track off of it, it would, it would send me a, a message. New track from Keegan McEnroe yeah. now under Apple Music. I'm like, oh, sweet, <laughs> you know. And um, but that kind of that kind of deal is is almost like old school radio to where it's like you hear the new single on 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 the radio, and then for you know like a month or so, and then you hear another one, you know, for like a month or so, and then the album c- comes out, and you're all all excited about it. And that's kind of yeah. like you're not the only one, but um, but you're one of the ones I've been doing. I think Matt Tedder did the exact same thing, where it's just like you know. A new song yeah. would pop up on my, you know, on my iPhone or yeah. whatever. And, and and depending on who you talk to, there could be a million different ways, right? But uh, but so the idea with this is trying to kind of like, yeah, exactly like you're talking about, like release, you know, kind of the way that people listen to music obviously has changed so much. And so like when I was releasing, you know, prior to 2021, I'd only released full length albums. Mm-hmm. Um. And every time I release an album, somebody would say, what are you releasing an album for? You're just wasting, you know, all these songs that nobody's going to hear when you only release, you know, and you should be releasing just a single. And so I, in 2021, I released uh, To the Moon Back, had a nice little animated video with that. And yeah. then I released Never Never Seen a Ghost. And I did a, mm-hmm. and I tried to make each one its own production, did a cool little video, make something beautiful for Never Seen a Ghost. Creepy little video. And, uh, and, Nobody's seen them, and I would send it. You know, I would send it out to people, uh, to, to places, to try to get it played or to try to get this and that. And I would hear back, "Oh, nobody takes you seriously unless you release an album." <laughs> <laughs> of course, you know. So it's like, okay, then I'm going to do what I like to do, which is to make an album. I like, I like the process of it. I know it's a construction, but it's a pretty cool one, and I really enjoy it. And uh, so that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go back to the album. But it's like, so how do I now have my cake and eat it too? And as it turns out, uh, thanks to my friend DJ at Smith Music, um, he informed me when you have a nine song album, which is what I had, uh, which is what Agnes is, um, you can release four songs 
prior to the album releasing um, as singles that will basically you can pitch to uh, playlist curators for Spotify or whatever. And it kind of gives it, 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 it spaces it out where you get more songs that get individual attention. Mm-hmm. So you're kind of playing the game a little bit, you know, but you're not giving away everything early, but you're kind of playing the game a little bit where you're kind of, okay, I'm going to release, I'm going to do the single thing. But then on the, what becomes the fifth single that's released is also the release of the full album. And, uh, and so that was the first time I, I tried that method. Um, and there's little things I'll tweak about it with the next one. But I, but I, cause I, on the one hand, you don't want to, you don't want to be like, it's like, you know, you don't want to be all hyped up for six months, right? Like you kind of got to pace yourself so you don't wear everybody out. Like as these <laughs> right. you know, four five, six months, whatever it is, they roll out slowly. And then, so you kind of have to like, okay, you make an announcement then you focus on other things or whatever. It's oh, okay. Now there's something else. You focus on other things and you, and you hope people like you did uh, pre-save uh, the, they have the option to, you know, like get on there and they can pick their platform and they can pre-save it. So whenever something comes out, they can see it. And then, you kind of get a little, a little bit of a, each song, not each song, but more songs get a little time in the sunshine and you get a chance to get them on a, on a playlist and you get it, you know, and you get a chance to kind of like get a little buzz going and things like that um, in advance, like you were saying. And, and uh, so I think that's probably the, the blueprint I'll use um, for the next, uh, the next one. And, uh, and I, you know, I don't think it's the perfect thing, but I don't think there is a perfect thing. I think it's just kind of like you, you cross right. your fingers and hope that what you're doing is right and it works. And uh, so, yeah, that, that was kind of how that came to be and why it came to be the, that, that I released it that way. Um, well, I know for- I was really conf- conflicted on how to how to put things out. It, it doesn't seem like there's like this is how you do it, whereas used to, you know, it was very standardized. Kind of like this is the method, and and now, which is nice, you have the freedom to kind of do a lot of different things. But uh, but it's been this this particular way, I think, is you know, it's kind of so you're straddling two kind of a, you know ideas and, and kind of giving you, like I said, the best of maybe the best of both worlds. Well, from a fan point of view, um, like you can say, hey, you know, everybody, I've got a new record. <laughs> coming out in March, you know, and then and you can let everybody know every couple of months and then March comes and then your your album comes out and, you know, and all your fans are happy and they listen to it or whatever and that's cool. But if you start in January or whatever, you know, and say, hey, I've got a new album coming out in, in March and here's one of the songs off of it. And you're like, okay. And they listen to the one song. Oh, this is a cool song. I like, I like this song. I can't I can't wait to hear the album in March. Then February, it's like, hey, got an album coming out in March. Here's another song off of it. And you're like, oh, here's another song. And then you hear it, and you're like, okay. And then you start to look at the album. It's like, there's 10 tracks on here. I've heard two songs. It's going to be kind of cool. You know, so you're kind of yeah. building, you know, each time because you, you're giving like a little tease. You know, you're giving like a little taste. Here's a little taste yeah. of, the, of the album. You know, here's what to here's what to expect. And you don't get all of it, you know, but just a song right. here, here or there. I think that's good, you know, because like I said, you can build the anticipation for several months you know and then do a big show and right. you know, all that kind of stuff but I, I don't know i think it builds more if you give a little taste here you know then you're okay then give a little taste yeah it's, 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 it's especially yeah. If, if, if the songs are a little different you know here's you know here's one of our upbeat songs or here's one of our more ballads or whatever you know it just kind of gives you a right. feel for what the album's like or, or if you're maybe you you're going to go a, 
a different way. So you're really going to like show one of the songs in here that are kind of different than all the other songs. So people go, Whoa, I didn't see that coming. I can't wait to hear this album now, you know? Well, and it, right. Especially in, especially in my case, which, um, you know, my, my albums are, are never genre specific. Mm-hmm. Right? Like I said, so, you know, there's everything from, you know, country, like kind of like a cowboy ballad, like a La Puerta, mm-hmm. um, to talking blues to, you know, kind of like a, a, a darker, uh, you know, kind of swampy blues, electric kind of stuff to, right. and, that, and that can all exist in the same place. And it's a PR nightmare, uh, to try and like, <laughs> to try to promote yourself because it's like, Oh, I love this song. Is that what the album sounds like? And you're like, well, not really. Right. <laughs> that's right. What, that's what, that's what that sounds like. Um, and I've had a little bit of trouble with that in the past. I think the kind of the growth of Americana is like a genre um it's, it's helping a little bit like kind of i can't because i i can fit under that umbrella you know fairly naturally even though it's such a big umbrella it's not very specific you say americana and people are like what the hell does that mean um but it's starting to kind of become it's more of a more of a a a, 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 a term that it's getting it's, it's becoming understood like okay it must be this or it but it allows me to kind of finally fit under a under a place, you know. Yeah. And uh, but even but even still, it's it's a little bit all over the place. And um, so, you know, being able, as you were saying, being able to not just do like the traditional thing, where it's like you release one single or you release two singles or you release no singles, you know. But like with you know traditionally with radio, you'd release one or two, I guess. Um, but now you have like four. And so the way that I did this time, so I was able to do exactly like, as you're talking about kind of show that it's like, okay, this is not a country album. This is not a rock and roll album. This is not a blues album. Mm -hmm. This is not a, but it's got elements of all that. And you can hear, you know, little, little tastes, as you said, um, that kind of get the more accurate representation of what the whole looks like. than if you just, if I just put out old road, you'd think it was a blues album right you know and it's it's very bluesy there's a lot of that influence and there's there's a lot of that going on but that certainly doesn't that doesn't give you a very clear picture what the album's like but when you start to have a chance to kind of okay you know and i and i do think about it that way now the next album i'm doing which is called uh, dusty passports and empty beds um it's more it's not what it's not really genre specific but I think it's more cohesive genre-wise. Um, and just by virtue of the songs and by virtue of the way it was recorded than anything I've done so far. Huh. So theoretically, this one will be a little bit easier. And, um, and it's really more in the, the kind of country folk vein. Um, and uh, so, you know, we'll see how that, how that goes when I have something that's a little more... Again, it's not... It's not so tight, uh, but singular, but it's it's a little more similar sonic fabric through the album. Uh, not maybe so jarring as I've heard my uh, the new album called. <laughs> oh, really? A little. It wasn't. I don't think it was meant in a negative way. It's like in the beginning, you start hearing it. You're like a little. It's a little jarring because it's 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 you know you go from old road to Agnes, and then you have this really kind of heavy blues thing with like Boomer Bust. And then you have, uh, okay. you know, all right, yeah, kind of, you know, 
yeah. it's, it, I think for some people, it's, there's a little bit of, uh, especially, I, I think people that are like, certainly anybody familiar with me, but even anybody that's like really into Americana artists, um, probably don't have as much like sonic whiplash. Whereas people that maybe are kind of more like listen more with a genre specific kind of mindset, like, Oh, I love the blues. And that's what I listen to, or oh, I love country, and that's what I listen to. Um, maybe, maybe in that regard, or they're just listening. They're used to getting an album that is kind of more, you know, genre specific, and then they listen to this, and they're like, oh, this is a little bit all over the place. And, and I think it actually, I don't think it's as, um, you know, separated as maybe it seems on the first listen. Um, I was talking with my friend Charlie Stout last night and he was like, yeah, it is all over the place, but it all sounds like far West Texas. That's what I was thinking. And I was like, that's, and that, and that's how I think about it too, is I, I, I was thinking more in like overall feel and overall, I, I think more in terms of like theme and story and like what musically makes sense to tell this st- part of the story. Um, and what kind of bubbles out and occur, you know, like, like I knew I wanted to have a cowboy ballad on it and I knew I wanted to have, you know, um, talking blues is such a cool form for me. It's such a, I say cool. It's a very fun form to write in. Yeah. Cause it's like, you're, it's supposed to be kind of like, you know, you're, it's, it's a great vehicle for skewering. Uh, and, uh, and, and so it's a lot of fun. This is kind of funny to, to, to write, you know, so I, that was one of the early things that I was like, okay, a talking blues could be good for this story that I'm aware of. And, um, but yeah, I, I kind of think about it and approach it kind of in terms of like theme and story and then let the let the music kind of suit, you know, see how the music kind of develops to suit the the telling of that story or the, you know, the conveying of, of this emotion or feeling or whatever. But it was all like, I, you know, when I decided I was going to record out there, I went out there in August to just didn't, didn't book any shows, took the Amtrak out there uh, to Alpine and had Tony Drury, my buddy, pick me up and we went to Sherlingua. I spent about four or five days just kind of talking to people, gathering stories, trying to figure out what I wanted to write about. Um, and then when I, you can't, I don't think also, I think part of it is like the space again that you're in will affect what happens in that old church and, you know, that old Adobe church and you're out in the desert, the mountains, and it's, it's got a very particular feel. Terling was a, a, you know, and the energy in the big Ben is such a cool, interesting place and uh, there's, there's a particular feeling. And uh, and I think I, w- I was really happy with how everything turned out. Of course, you listen to something a hundred times and there's things you'd be like, oh, I, I do that a little differently. Maybe you just, you know, I can always nitpick. But uh, but overall, I think, you know, as, as Charlie was saying, it sounds like West Texas. It sounds like, you know, uh, and that's what I was hoping for. I wanted it. I didn't want to just go in with a collection of songs that could be recorded anywhere. I wanted it to be an album that was tailor made for that church and for that place. And, and that's, so that was kind of the goal going in. And I thought we, Bill Palmer, who engineered it, I thought did a great job of capturing everything. And of course, all the musicians did a great job helping me, you know, kind of bring all that out. And, uh, I mean, Morris Holdall on guitar, so good and uh, did such a great job. And every time I listen to that album, I just, I, I fall more in love with the, 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 the way that he's playing, the things that he's doing, it, it, it really, um, it kind of, uh, as much as anything, you know, it's helping 
put you in a place. Mm-hmm. Just these little these little guitar moments and these little flourishes and and uh, just really fancy enough about really everybody on the album. But um, so yeah, everybody everybody came together and, and uh, so again, you know, it's, it's it's obviously it's genre wise, it's a little all over the place. But I think when you kind of like when you take it all in and you kind of sit back and reflect on it, it's like okay, this actually it puts me in a place. Mm-hmm. You know, even even if it's through multiple genres or, or kind of like leanings in harder this way or that way on it, it, it still, it's kind of like it's setting a scene. It's still part of the same place. It's just, you know, using some different colors to, to get there. And that's why if, if uh, for the people that didn't get to see your release show, it's like it, it really, I think it, it came together inside the church doing it live. Cause you did the, the album as is in order you know and then you yeah. talked and then you talked a little bit in between each song about each, each song and so um just i mean even if it was written in a way to where you could do a storytelling show it was perfect for that you know and so now when i listen yeah. to the album i'd still i go back to being in that in that church and watching y'all play now or before oh, I I love that. you know what i mean and so that's yeah that, 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 that's really cool so it's um not only does it capture that uh, that feeling, but getting to see it done live in a church here, you know, it also, right. you know, it, it it has a more visceral, I guess, moment or oh, good. emotion for me. Yeah, it's cool. It man, it's a great album. You know, it. Thanks it, so it really, much. Yeah, yeah. I I was a little bit uh I I, I was conscious of like okay because I as we I was talking about earlier I love the you know listening room kind of concerts where you can talk about things. And, you know, you kind of fill out the room and, and kind of get everybody in like in it together, and uh, which is always when it's the most fun. Mm-hmm. When you all feel when you feel like everybody's in the same place, going to the same, you know, um, all along for the ride. Um, but I also didn't want to get. Ran- I, I have a tendency, um, as you can probably tell through this interview we're having, <laughs> uh, uh, to get a little verbose and uh, to get a little rambly and to get on pig trails and all that. So I I was kind of like, okay, do I just like when, when uh, we do the Willie specials, you know, we play the Redheaded Stranger album. We don't talk. There is no there is no anything in between. It's like we play the album as you would hear it if you were to put on the record. You know, mm-hmm. like there's no there's no in, there's no banter in between. There's no setting up anything. It's just like, you know, we play the Redheaded Stranger album front to back as you would hear it. And so I kind of thought about that approach, um, but I just couldn't help myself. <laughs> I, I wanted I wanted to I, I kind of like setting things up a little bit and, and I think it also kind of like brings the, you closer into the song because obviously sometimes you know especially if you don't have the context right um, you don't catch everything you don't catch all the words you don't catch everything that's being sang or said and uh, but when you have a little bit of a, a backstory it, it helps flush it out in real time you know, um, and so I, I, ultimately I kind of just decided to go that, that way. And I tried not to, I kind of tried to keep myself, you know, reeled in a little bit and Gary Grammer kept feeding me tequila. Um, uh, mm-hmm. so I, you know, that was, that was, uh, it was, it was very possible that I was going to go off the rails and in, in, in all kinds of directions, but I, I managed to kind of keep it somewhat contained. And, and so I'm, I'm glad that that came across. Okay. Cause I, I, I was conscious of the fact that, um, it's, when you have a listening room situation and, and that's it, and it wasn't, you know, 
it wasn't announced as a listening room thing, but when you walk into the church and the lights are out and there's candles and you're in the pew, yeah, you know, it's, you're not talking, you're not, it's not really, it's, it's, it's a celebration party, but you're not really partying. You're there listening. And you can only reasonably expect, I think people to sit and, you know, for, for a certain amount of time before, okay, we need a break. We need to stretch our legs. We need to talk. We need to laugh. You know, I need to make a joke, I need, whatever, you know, um, so I didn't want it to be this sprawling set because the album's about 40. The album's like just around 40 minutes or so. Um, and I think the set ended up being just under, you know, a bit under an hour. Yeah. Um, it was probably around 50 minutes. So there was there was some time, but we, we still got through it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, not not too bad. So I'm glad you I'm glad you uh, appreciated that because that was I, I wanted it to. I'm always looking for balance. You know, I want to have my cake and eat it too. So I was trying to make sure that it was, um, it worked in, in real time. And I'm glad that I'm glad it did. That's, that's good to know. <laughs> yeah. Now I think we need more, more listening rooms or more shows like, like that where a band gets up there and it's like, Hey, we're going to play our, our, our whole album and kind of give, you know, it's like the VH1 storytellers or whatever, you know, right. even, yeah. even something like that. If, yeah. if you just did a set where you just kind of told, you know, some stories in between songs and they've, they've done it. There's been a couple of people that have done some of that stuff around town here and there, right. but, but yeah, I think we need yeah. more of that. That was fun. Oh, good. And so, Thanks, man. Well, everybody can find you, um, all over like Apple and, and Spotify, yep. Bandcamp and, uh, YouTube yep. and all that good stuff. Facebook. All, all the places. Just type Keegan McEnroe in and I will pop up. And you got dot com too, right? Keegan yeah, Keegan com. Com. yeah. I got links to everything there. And yeah, I got uh, some cool stuff coming up around Fort Worth, some shows, doing a Halloween show. Uh, Keegan and Katie and Jimmy, oh my, a Wizard of Oz Halloween. We're doing uh, October 31st at Lola's, which should be pretty fun. And then oh, cool. Making another, making another trip out to West Texas. Uh, the beginning of November and then heading over to Germany and um, second week in November for about a month. And uh, so, yeah, if uh, no matter where you are, if, if you want to see me, you can look me up and I'll, there's a good chance I might be passing through somewhere. And if I'm not, feel free to hit me up and tell me, Hey man, you need to come and play this place or that place. And I'll look into that kind of stuff. You'll be there. Yeah. I always, I always love a good suggestion. Well, that's cool, man. Oh, and I got a, I got a shirt the other night. I got the, like the mustard color Agnes shirt. Oh yeah. Yeah. I yeah. love it, dude. That's a great color. Oh, it's a good looking shirt. Thanks so much, man. Thank you. My my cousin who designed my uh Moselle album cover and designed my From the Wall and in the City album cover and way back in the day designed the Catfish Whiskey uh logo, the Elmo Tucker catfish with the hat and the pipe. Um Jeremy Summer, he uh he designed that for me. That was that was our first collaboration in a while. Oh, and it cool. kinda was just yeah, it was kinda last minute. I, I uh I wanted a shirt for that event and um, I just, you know, so many, there's so much to do. Some, some things fell through the cracks and then I was like, why haven't I contacted my cousin? So I hit him up and he was like, Oh yeah, sure. So we, he came up with that. I thought he, I thought he did a great job. Has a church, uh, Santa Inez church on it and, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, really did a lovely job. So thank you. I'm glad you like that, man. Yeah, there's yeah. A, also a, there's a, there's a, I think I have it linked somewhere, but there's a merch through printed threads there in Fort Worth. Um, you can order all that stuff online as well. Perfect. Cool. Yeah. Well, brother, did you ever make it home? Oh, no. I'm, I'm, uh, you're I'm still glad a long way. way. Yeah, you're I'm, still pretty no, far. No, no. I'm, I'm going through, I just went through Abilene. So I'm, uh, I'm about an hour and a half from my mama's house. Oh, okay. 
You still got a ways to go. Yeah, I got a little ways, but you made it. You made it a shorter trip for me. Thank you, brother. Yeah, no problem. It's cool. Yeah. Yeah. No, that, the audio's the audio's been okay. Everything's been good. Yeah. Through yeah. Clear. Yeah. Oh, good. I feel like good, the, good. there's something going on with with my phone that's that's interfering. It's making like a little noise or whatever, but it's nothing on 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 your end. But everybody can hear it. I mean, okay, it's, cool. it's legible. Well, thank you so, so much for having me, Jeffrey. Yeah, man, it, it's been fun. Yeah, I've enjoyed it. So, will you be safe? Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Yep, and I'll, I'll have this up maybe tomorrow. I, my, that's my goal. If not, it'll be Tuesday, but I, it should be at Monday. Okay, cool. All right, man. S- sounds good. Awesome, dude. Well, thank you again for having me on, man. Yeah, it was great to, to talk to you. Yeah, I look forward to seeing you around. Yeah, for sure. All right, later, man. All right, later. In a long white robe A girl with a sword at her throat Kneels in defiance In silence As her last tears flow With her final breath, she prepares for the blow. Agnes, with the mind of her own, refuses the wrong father's son. And in defiance, Cries out, I will not be controlled. My hand is mine to give, my choice is mine alone. sad and broken world Agnes only twelve years old an enemy of the gods in Rome stands in defiance as tyrant her of her clothes But one by one they turn away as a long hair grows Save for one who shall pray be restored Agnes bound in ropes shrouded in flames and 
violence as a fire goes cold. But her accusers still accuse her. Death is all they know. Still she prays, forget the Lord, they know now what they do. What pure thing. Lust and greed The pride and vanity Once they've seen Don't seek to kill or destroy She prepares for the blow 